Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Let's Talk Broncos. Joey Richards, Zach Seegers, Bree Maestas, and today joined by the Denver Broncos reporter for The Athletic and host of Not Another uh, Not Another Bucking Podcast is Nick Kosmider. Everybody, round of applause. I'm going to pop him up in the corner here. There was supposed to be a round of applause, but we're a little too excited oh. because we were able to get you here on the show. Zach's going to fight for it. There we, there we go. go. I'm sorry. I'm Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Zach was talking about it off screen, and we have to know, how has week one and week two been out at training camp? It's been good. I was talking to a couple people that have been covering the team for like an extended number of years, and certainly since I've been covering the team, I I think I started full-time at The Athletic covering them uh, during the COVID year 2020. Um, I had covered them in 2017 when I worked at The Post. I was was behind Nikki Javalar, covered it with her. Um, and I don't remember a stretch, especially when to begin training camp, that was 10 out of 11 days. And and then, of course, the one day off was Sunday in which Aaron Rodgers decided to open his mouth, which meant more work for me. So literally, it's been by the time Saturday gets here, it'll be 11 days in a row. It's all bleeding together. Um, I sort of expected that it was going to be this way with Sean Payton of just where it all just kind of seems to blend into one big day. And um, that's what it's been. I mean. You add Denver traffic that is unrelenting and getting worse all the time. So you're like, you add commute in there and it's just like, I'm just, I sleep, I go there, I, I ride, I come home. I, it's, it's just, uh, it's quite the cycle, but it's been good. It's absolutely a grind. And I want to hear from um, obviously Zach and Joey on this, but Nick, can you tell me the differences that you've noticed from 2022 training camp with Sean Payton coming in? What is the biggest difference heading into 2023 that you've seen just from practices? Yeah, I think to me, I've, I, it's just sort of the um, the operational speed in which they're trying to do things. And that that's not necessarily like meaning that they're, you know, they're not going no huddle. It's, it's not as if they're running hurry up offense or anything like that, but just the, just the way in which they move from, from snap to huddle. Um, those are the things that I think you're seeing um, sort of change that that's sort of that cultural bedrock that you, you hear a lot about when you're, when you're hearing about Sean Payton, what he tries to build. Um, and and I, I remember the first day of camp, uh, first day of full team practices last Friday with the first time the crowd was out there, it was like the third play of team period. And, you know, they're in the huddle, they break the huddle and almost immediately you hear a whistle. And it was almost to where like within two steps coming out of the huddle, Sean Payton had determined that it wasn't quick enough. They weren't moving with the efficiency that he wanted to see. And so I think that's been one of the things that you, that you're, you're noticing out here at camp. It's just, just those detailed things that they're, that they're hitting on. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but that, that to me has stood out from, from just sort of like a intangible type standpoint. Yeah. I, I, that's definitely a big thing. It seems a lot more regimented, like even the pressers, you know, I, Hackett was laughing around and joking with us and Sean Payton um, watching him from afar seems a lot uh, harsher. Uh, And also, I guess, just in general with where you guys are stationed now this year, instead of being on the field and everything, uh, how, um, I guess, uh, impactful on the media coverage has the switch from Hackett to Payton been? Yeah, it's certainly been way different. Um, You know, ever since I've been in Denver, not even covering the team, but been in Denver, um, and I know having talked to people like this, it was the same even before I got here that you were down on the field, on the sidelines, sort of, um, you know, kind of a, a lot closer to the to the action. Um, as, as far as like the view and actually watching practice, I, I find it better. It's a lot easier to like mark everything and, you know, take attendance and and see who's lining up where you because you just have a little bit more of a bird's eye view. 
Um, I'm one that likes, I hate standing still. So that that's been partly difficult because you're just sort of in one area and watching it for two and a half hours. Um, and then the way that they have done the media in terms of, um, yeah, it used to just be something of a free for all when guys would come off the field and you grab who you need to grab to. And if somebody stops to talk, you can, you know, you can go get in on that. It's, it's been different from a media perspective for sure. Um, and, and we've had to kind of learn how to adapt to some of those things. It requires a lot more prior planning of, of what you want to write about, who you want to talk to. Um, but it's, it's Sean Payton's show and this is just another part of it. Yeah. So obviously that's, I guess, impact, how, what, how do you think that impacts the football of it all? Cause I imagine he's not, do you think it's just, uh, trying to put the, I don't know, drop the hammer on media kind of and, and tighten everything up or, do you think there's a football goal in mind with uh, some of the regulations? Or, or yeah, it's a good question. And, and like, I think that I'm sure in his mind, it's, it is like some, some of what he's doing is tantamount to, to, to winning, right. Or, or, or he sees parallels and different things that he does having an effect on, you know, on games. Um, I'm just not really sure <laughs> how some of the media stuff like plays into that kind of thing. Um, you know, again, it's probably not a super measurable thing that you can say, Hey, because we limited Tuesdays to this many guys talking or, or whatever, then, then that's why we, we, you know, we beat the Buccaneers in week four. Like it, it just seems to me like the correlation is kind of, is kind of odd, but it's the way that he's always done it. When you have coaches that have found success and have been in the league a long time and they've always done it a certain way. Um, I I think that's, you're just going to continue continue doing that somebody told me they were um put it to me like it's not so much that like he says is this going to distract from winning if is something going to distract from winning it's does this actually help us win and if it if the answer is no he's not going to do it and i guess that includes just like having a more open open door media but again i the, the other part of it is like they're not to me they're not they're not skirting rules i think it's just like they're going whatever the bare minimum is when the season starts that they have to open the locker room reporters are allowed in there that's that's collectively bargained and um so that'll that'll have some some more normalcy to every other year because it's just what you have to do but yeah you know we just keep trying to do it the best we can and and get used to the changes with the limited uh press that you're able to do be available to with Sean Payton. Have there been any remarkable statements out of Dove Valley that either ease your concern or, or, or provide a little bit of um, comfort and ability with what Sean Payton is bringing in for the Broncos, maybe system installs, et cetera? You, uh, like outside of what he said to USA Today, you mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah. well, we could talk about that too. How, do, how was, what were your initial thoughts after that? Are the Jets our new rivals? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's wild. I was talking to somebody today and I said, which, which it's funny, the Broncos have, they hired one of their former head coaches. Um, they play another one in week three, they play another one in week five. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to see who, who, who feels like it's a bigger revenge game, Vic Fangio or Nathaniel Hackett. I think now it's probably um, Nathaniel Hackett and others on his behalf. You know, the Jets might've thought like, Oh, well, you know, it's a, it's an AFC team that might be a fringe playoff team. So that, that, that game is going to be important. And now they've, they've, they'll have it circled for whole new reasons. I, you know, I was glad that the only, the only thing I had, in, I took issue with was like, again, it was, it was something of the hypocrisy where you are telling guys all year long or ever since you got hired, like we're going to be anonymous donors. We don't want you to make headlines uh, in the media with what you say. Um, and, and really just try to have this low key off season. And then, 
as soon as training camp starts, you're just making these like giant massive <laughs> beach waves like that. And, and to his credit, he called out that, that sort of, you know, thing. He, like he said, Hey, I've been saying all along and here I am. The veteran coach is the one that steps in it. But you know, I, that's it's, I've been covering the league for a little bit now and I have not seen like a new cycle just from comments that got made that lasted like five days. And that's what it was because you had the article come out a couple of days later, you know, he spoke to the article. Then you had Robert Salah talk. You had Aaron Rodgers. Now then Nathaniel Hackett and it just kind of kept going round and round and it'll all come back up again in week five. So um, I think, I think Sean Payton for the traffic. Cause that was great. But um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> great content. Great content. Yeah. Out of that. No, but I, I'm curious how strategic do you think it was? Do you think that was a strategic comment or do you think that was one of just pure emotion? Like, Hey, this is actually what's going on. I think it was a little bit of both, you know, like, um, you know, I, I think he thinks through the things that he's going to say. I think he, you know, you bring a reporter that, you know, well into your office and you know what kind of the questions are, are going to be, or you, you know, this is going to be an interview that, that he wants to get, get at certain things. Um, so, so you, he knows as a guy, like what's going to be on the table. So it's not as if he just like, Oh man, I got put into a corner. Like Sean Payton's not going to get put into a corner. He doesn't want to be put into um, but at the same time, I think it probably got rolling a little bit. It turned, you know, good, good reporters, which Jarrett Bell is, um, they start turning it into a conversation versus an actual, like, you know, hard, you know, delineation between question and answer. It just turns into a conversation. And when you get rolling in a conversation, you just say what comes to your mind. And so I think that was part of it too, where there, you know, I, I've heard people say like, everything is super duper calculated every inch of it. And I think that's true to a degree, but I also think there was some where it just kind of, probably did get a little bit away from him. And, um, you know, I do think there was some regret, but I also think it was getting called into the principal's office and being right. like, you know, walk this back a little right. bit. Yeah, it, it definitely felt that way. And, and Jarrett Bell's his guy. He's put out a few stories in the past through Jarrett Bell. Um, and so I don't think Bell was trying to put him in a bad spot at all. I think to your uh, point, Peyton kind of just got rolling. Yeah. Um, uh, they got a good relationship. Uh, so I'm curious. Um, I think Russell Wilson's going to be the big storyline around the Broncos as long as he's in Denver. Um, And depending on how radioactive that contract is, maybe even after. Uh, Where are you feeling now um, compared to where you were feeling last camp? And I know it's training camp quarterbacking, so it's hard to delineate. But would you say it's more or less the same as it was last camp, Um, a little better or a little worse? Well, it's interesting because last year, last year we viewed it through the prism because there, there were struggles at this point early in camp last year. And I think we viewed it up through the prism of like, it's Russell Wilson. He's a nine time pro bowler. He's going to figure out whatever it is that he's got to figure out. Um, you know, they're just getting going. He's in a new team. He's on a new team after 10 years in Seattle, he's got new teammates. Everything's super new. And, and it ended up being too new. Um, and, and they just never were able to overcome so much of the shifting winds that, that were occurring in 2022. Um, and then it just snowballed. And, so, but now in camp, it's like you're viewing it through a different prism, right? Like you're, you're, we knew who he was as a quarterback last season. And so now it's almost like you're watching it saying, you have to, you have to show that this was the aberration that, that his supporters are trying to say that it was, right? Um, that, that it was, it was all these issues that were going on in terms of the coaching staff and, um, you know, the, the coaching staff, his own injuries, you know, the newness that we just talked about. 
Um, it's now it's like he's got to kind of prove that that was the aberration. And so I think you view training camp from a slightly different lens um, because you now know that like how how like, you know, you know how much bad is possible, right? Like right. Last year we, didn't, we didn't know that that much bad was possible with Russell Wilson because it had never existed before for him yep. to that degree, of course. Um, so to me, I'm just like, to me, that's why I just need to see when I watch these training camp practices, like when are we going to get on a consistent role of him doing pre 2022 Russell Wilson stuff? That's what I think it will take to ultimately feel confident that, Hey, um, it might not be perfect this year and he might not be the same quarterback that was flirting with MVP type votes in 2018, 2019, 2020. Um, but, but he's at least consistent enough. He's getting back to where he was at in terms of like, just being a viable quarterback, being able to put pressure on defenses in different ways to this point, haven't seen that it's super early. I'm not like, I wouldn't be reaching for a panic button, but like, that's what it's going to take in my mind that at some point in August, you're going to need to say, Hey, he's putting it together to where like, he just, he's comfortable and he, and, and he's showing consistent progress every single day. Um, that's what I think I'll need to see in training camp to go into it and say like, Hey, he's going to bounce back. It's going to be a good year. I, I totally get that. And I'm going to be a little unfair to you now because I know it's training camp uh, again. But if you had to, if you had to fall on one side of the fence, this training camp is fueling optimism for Russell Wilson in 2023, or this training camp is fueling a little bit of concern for you with Russell Wilson in 2023, which end of that fence are you falling on? Um, That's a good question. I think I, even though he has not yet, performed really well i would say that i'm leaning on the side of optimism for for one major reason and that's that this is going to be a good team running the football i i really believe that i think the investment that they made in in the offensive line with mike mcglinchey and ben powers um you, you don't pay out that kind of thing if you don't have a, a very strong vision for what it's going to be um i had a great conversation with quinn meyer uh, quinn miners yesterday in which he told me that he gained 20 pounds and he's playing at 340. Like you don't get told to do that unless you are just going to mash the football. And and we're already in my mind seeing a lot of that uh, in, in terms of how they're practicing. I just think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Like as somebody who just, I love running football. Like I just, I think it's awesome. Um, so I, I think that's going to do so much for Russell Wilson. And, and so even if he's, if he's not the same guy that can just go out and, you know, just make crazy crap happen. Like, they are going to be a, a much more functionally sound offense from that degree. And he's not going to be in as many bad spots. So that's why I'm, I'm a little bit more on the optimism side, but I, I would say it's optimism hanging onto the fence at the same time. A little tempered. Yeah. A little oh, tempered. Yeah. I'm, I mean, man, that, that gets me excited. I, I think it's almost impossible for Russell Wilson to be worse than he was last year. It just felt like it was the wrong mixture of everything. But Zach, I kind of want to throw the own your own question at you. Which side of the fence do you fall on, man? Because I haven't been at Broncos training camp at all. I refuse to go sit on that hill, um, especially for free. So, Zach, which side of the fence do you fall on? I'm I'm falling on the pessimistic end. I I I just I'm worried. Like that interception today. Some things that like okay, the secondary is good. Not the K one one, but the one to uh, Simmons, where it's like the ball placement's off. You're throwing it into heavy coverage. And yeah, you want to take those risks in training camp. So I'm not going too far onto the pessimistic end. Maybe I'm on, on the opposite side of you, right? hanging onto the fence a little, even if I'm uh, over there. I, I think it can't be as bad as last year. Like the Sean Payton aspect, the, I think the surroundings are better. Like it, 
there's no way it's as bad as last year, but in terms of, I don't know, maybe bouncing back to borderline top 10 ish, you know, even in that Kirk cousins range, I'm starting to feel a little concerned and maybe it is just the new offense, but he's back there patting the ball, holding it a lot. We're seeing a lot of tucking and running, which again, Peyton said he's wanted to emphasize, but I don't know if those are going for long scrambles in game. Tell me if you disagree with me, Nick, but today I felt there was one where he's rolling right and he's running away from Zach Allen, but Zach Allen's jogging after him. If Zach Allen plays for the Raiders, I feel like that's a sack or a very minimal game. Yeah, there, there's um, it's a it's a good point. The the one thing that I would say that's been encouraging that I've seen is there's been instances in which he is just like decisive about running the ball. There was a play in their first red zone period today where I think it was a designed rollout to the right, and there's there's um, I think you got two quick options coming underneath. He saw them covered right away, and then also saw that there was a huge lane to run through, and he just he just pulled it down and he ran. Like that is the Russell Wilson that is if he can continue to do that on a somewhat consistent basis, it's going to open up so much other stuff because now those guys are peeling off those crossing routes. They're coming down to stop that up and you've got easy throws on the run. Like that's, that's how he built the whole thing um, in Seattle, how he built sort of that, you know, great career there was by making defenses have to make that choice right now. Last year, they never had to make those choices because he wasn't being decisive enough when he ran like, yeah, you can scramble around and turn it into something, but that, to your point, Zach, that those are the plays I just don't think we're going to see him make a lot anymore. Like that's where the mobility thing is 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 hurting him. He cannot get away. Like there was another play where in the in eleven on eleven earlier in practice where the pocket was starting to collapse. He sort of kind of spun, shuffled his feet, and he ended up making a throw in the backfield where he kind of lofts it over a defensive lineman to Tony Jones, I think, or yeah. Yeah. But there was like bulls. There It was like a messy screen yeah, kind of messy thing. screen pass. And it was like three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like to me, that's, that's more concerning. Like that's not a good decision, but I, I saw the question pop up here. The other thing I will say is this, like Sean Payton said today, and I, and I, and I do buy this just by watching like how they've lined up is that they're not necessarily, they're not scheming for Denver's defense. They're not running plays against, um, they're not running plays designed to beat the coverages and, and all those sorts of things. He, Sean Payton wants to put th- his team right now in bad situations. Like that, that's what he's trying to see. He wants to see how you react. It's, it's, he's been known for that, especially early in camps of like, I'm going to install stuff and mismatch it against defenses so that I can see when things go wrong, whether this can still be a play in which we overcome some things and can make it work. And so I think that's part of why we've seen the offense struggle. Uh, some of this is by by design. Um, but again, I think anybody that's got concerns, A, because of last year, and just B, because of things that they've seen so far, I think those are valid. I just wouldn't make any like sweeping declarations because I think some of this is by design and to be expected. Yeah, I think that's perfectly put. We were talking about Quinn Miners, and I think his success this season is paramount to Russ's success alongside what Sean Payton has admittedly um, told Broncos country is that the offensive line wasn't up to snuff. It wasn't up to par for what Russell Wilson needs to succeed. Now that the system is kind of being in place for him to, to get the best out of Russell Wilson. This question here has me thinking about the powerful guard duo that we should be seeing. First and foremost, Frankie Abbott asks, how has Powers looked so far? And then, Nick, can you establish more of the conversation that you had with Quinn Miners, obviously putting on additional pounds? The belly is officially back. Uh, does he have a chance to take that step forward in 2023 and become a top 10 guard in the NFL? 
Yeah, I think I think Quinn's in for a really big year. Like he, he's got his life lined up. Like he um he got married a couple of days after the 2022 season ended. He had bought a brand new house, and he and his longtime girlfriend like just got married in the living room. No furniture in the house yet, or anything like that. Just in in kind of a very um, understated like ceremony and, and things like that. So. Uh, and then he told me, he's like, yeah, I, it's year three. It's it's the vet year now. Um, and and so I, it, it's so funny. He had a quote to me where he said, like, he's playing at 340 now, which that that was based on understanding that, that Sean Payton has always had big guards. Um, the, their, their sort of quick pass success. I was looking at some of this stuff today. O- over the course of Sean Payton's career in New Orleans, um, if, if you put those 10 years together, the Saints had – the number one uh, quickest time to throw in terms of snap to pass in the league. They also had the lowest sack rate in the league across those 10 years. Um, everything they do is by design in terms of like getting, getting the ball out quickly. So much of that was Drew Brees, right? Quick release, quick process or all that kind of stuff. But they really depend on this interior of the offensive line being big, being physical and just getting this really strong initial push to give the to give that quarterback that extra split second to, to to find his window and make a quick decision, and that's why I think Quinn just fits this so well. Like he, he said, I was almost starving myself to be down at three twenty or three twenty five, which is just a hilarious quote <laughs> on his face. Like that, you know, that he was like, he's like, oh gosh, I'm 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 playing so light here at three twenty three twenty five. He like looks no less athletic to me. Um, this is a guy who dunks basketballs at 6'3", 320, and, and looks like he could still do it at 340. Um, I, I think he's in a great spot. He, he's an athletic as all get out. And if he's stronger and, and even more powerful, I think that's great. He said, hey, if, if 20 pounds means I get to we get to run a couple more rushes a game behind me, like that's awesome. Um, and Powers has looked equally impressive to me. Like he, they, they've had a couple of really big holes on the left side and some of the run stuff that they've done. Um you know, I think he's just a very, just a solid addition from from that perspective. Again, this is going to be a team that runs the ball, and so it's going to depend heavily on those guys and on Lloyd Cushenberry um, to kind of create those interior power type running lanes. Um, and and that's again, that goes back to what we were saying the other like a little bit ago. That's that's the that's where the optimism comes in for me is because of that that group in the middle and the running system that they have. I think I think if you're a Broncos fan, you have uh, reason to be excited about that. Yeah. That is exciting. It's been forever since I feel like the Broncos have had two guards that are just like, I feel so confident in. I feel confident in both those guys. Um, I want to ask you about the rookie class, though, Nick. What, mm-hmm. Which rookie do you think will have the biggest impact in year one? I'm a big Drew Sanders guy, me personally. Big, big. I wanted to, So I, I'm pretty much asking you, what do you think about Drew Sanders? Does he look good out there? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I, I was look, watching him, I think, on the first or second day of camp. Just do, They're doing this, like, little drill where they shuffle – in and around, in and around these cones. And, you know, Josie Jewell like knocks him down a couple of times and Greg Minuski's kind of like harping at him, like stop touching the bag or whatever. And, the, and, 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 and that's not a knock on Josie. Like we know he's, he's a game gamer and, and all that kind of stuff, but the fluidity with which Drew Sanders would follow him and just sort of almost like ballet dance through these things. You're just like this, this guy is a different cat in terms of the way that he can move laterally, the way that the, the speed in which he can reach like full acceleration, um, really excited to see something uh, really excited to see how they use him. I, I, I think that they're going to find a way with Drew Sanders to give him 15 to 18 impactful snaps a game. Um, th- I, I think they'll, they'll throw him on the edge a couple of times. They'll run him in some blitz packages. 
Um, they're going to do different stuff to, to utilize him because he's a guy that can be a real pressure player. That, that's, that's the designation that Sean Payton gave to him right away. And, um, and, and you see it, you, you just see the athleticism um, there. And I think he's only going to, you're only going to see more as he continues to get um, more comfortable. And already with Jonas Griffith going down, Sean Payton kind of gave a non update update on that today. It made it a little bit nebulous about whether Jonas Griffith's uh, injury that kept, that took him off the field on Tuesday is severe or not. So in, if it is certainly um, uh, it's going to be a situation where that, that propels Drew Sanders even further into the, into the mix. I think you're speaking Joey's language there, Nick, we're going to let you get out of here and get back to your evening, but we wanted to give the floor to you so you could let everyone know where to find your work. And then hopefully we can have you on again. Cause this was a really great time. Oh, I'd love to come back. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, we are not as 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 professionally sounding and uh, well lit as you guys and everything you're doing here. Um, the, the podcast is great, but started a, started one called Not Another Bucking Podcast um, about three episodes in, or will be three episodes in later this week, and uh, trying to get that off the ground. So appreciate any support from your uh, from your listeners and subscribers there. And then um, follow my work at theathletic.com/broncos is where you can find uh, all the training camp stuff there. Absolutely. Great coverage and best shoe game on the Broncos. Sure <laughs> I know, Ryan, Ryan, Mc, Ryan McFadden of the Denver Post. He's he's He joined uh, Parker Gabriel on the beat. And, dude, this guy's already been wearing Travis Scott's the practice. He's been wearing, like, Yeezys. I'm like, uh, I give up, man. I, <laughs> it's a contest, man. Hard to compute. <laughs> That's too funny. We appreciate you. Have a great evening, and we'll talk soon. Hopefully, we'll see you out at camp. So much appreciated. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Bye. Man. Oh my goodness, so much fun. Uh, a great insight, specifically as we've all been really keyed into what's going on at training camp. Although Joey hasn't been out there, he's been paying attention. He's been dealing with me and Zach and all of our updates. But most importantly, if you're not already, you need to go follow Zach Seegers over on Twitter. Zach underscore Seegers. I just got demoted to the bottom tier. If you I'm go over there... You're I was just putting see, us back at our normal spots. You're <laughs> so. going to see four days of Zach Seegers and entire threads of things that you're probably not getting from other media members, uh, so much so that uh, things have had to change just quite recently. So, Zach, uh, can you tell me what else that maybe Nick didn't get to that you've been seeing out at camp uh, at least this week? Yeah, absolutely. Wanted to be uh, respectful of his time there. Uh, but a, a couple other things that are maybe standing out at camp that I think people might find interesting. Um, I think the most interesting battle right now uh, is probably like wide receiver five and along that defensive line. Um, at wide receiver five, I think we feel pretty confident that, um, you know, you've got Judy, you've got Sutton. We know those are the top two. It looks like Callaway and Brandon Johnson are locked in a dogfight for that number three spot. Safe to assume the loser will probably be the fourth guy up. Who's wide receiver five? Who's wide receiver six? And, and kind of catches those last two spots. I think it's going to be really interesting. Taylor Grimes had an amazing day today. Uh, Montreal Washington has had some nice moments. Little Jordan Humphreys had some moments. Um, Kendall Hinton, too, has been used with yeah. uh, Russ a bit. So it, it's interesting. What, what up, Joey? I want to ask about Nick Williams because he went to high school in yeah Colorado is he uh how has he looked out there has he done anything um, so he hasn't done much because he was like on the roster and then off the roster and then back on again today uh he had a couple nice catches he runs hard like yeah I said that. I don't know this isn't super like um informative analysis but he runs crazy hard watching him like run through his routes it's like 
an action star like Jason Statham or something like that. <laughs> like, like, and he's it's not like I don't think inefficient. Like it looks like he's moving, but uh, it, I, I tweeted it out of my thread. It was it reminded me of a uh, Tom Cruise, and I think it's Mission Impossible Four where he's running away from the sandstorm and it's like catching him. Uh, exactly looking like that. Bree doesn't know the reference, uh, but if it was in what? the night. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean I don't know the reference? No, when you were shaking your head at me. I, thought I was shaking it with like uh, being oh. in hysterics from you guys. I'm sorry, uh, I thought it was vague. No, not at all. I think it's an interesting question, Joey, and I really like how you asked Nick about Drew Sanders, because I think what is apparent with the Jonas Griffith injury, with the um, KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick injury, is that rookies Marvin Mims and Drew Sanders really have to step up. This is an opportunity that's been presented with them. How are, How is the rookie class going to fare? Um, there's a couple of question marks there, but I did want to um, cover kind of the, the injury news that's come out of oh, camp. Really uh, sorry, oh, yeah, I sorry. I didn't mean to move on. By, no, you're fine. I got sidetracked by Joey's question. I just had a couple other things. Uh, the defensive line rotation, I think, is really interesting. We know who the starters are, but they keep playing with uh, Jordan Jackson and um, Elijah Garcia and uh, Tyler Lancaster and all these kind of no-name guys. It seems like they're rotating through them and just trying to find some solutions there. I think that's an interesting battle to watch. Uh, Damari Mathis, one of our biggest storylines kind of when we were previewing training camp has been amazing, I think, in coverage. I, Riley Moss's injury, which of course we'll be getting to here in a second, uh, has cleared the path for him. I think even if not for that injury, Mathis would have a vice grip on the starting job. He's been. Do you think he's been very- grabbed yet all, Zach Seegers? Bree, I'll also ask you. I don't think so. You guys have both been there. Has he been grabby at all during this? Because that's the one worry. No. I don't think so. What's impressed me so well is how he's hanging in coverage, in man coverage with Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's winning his fair share. Don't get me wrong, but so is Mathis. And we know how well Judy separates. The synchronicities of the defensive backs out there is kind of, it is, I I would say that it's, like a synchronized swimming it's almost like it's scripted to be so you can see Caden Stearns really reflecting a lot of what Justin Simmons has taught him over the years and you can see um, players uh, like Damari Mathis really stepping into his own um, obviously under the tutelage of the rest of the room so I don't know I haven't really seen anything bad out of the defensive backs and I think Damari Mathis has been really stellar Um, I do think that Riley Moss if healthy and if he's able to go after this surgery could very well step ahead of um, maybe McMillian, but I, I don't see him Damari Mathis losing out here. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I like that. And, and the secondary has been great. Caden Stern's friend of the show playing well, but not quite as well he as Justin Simmons, who is playing out of his damn mind. He is, I think, four interceptions already, or four first three. forced turnovers, three interceptions, and then he tipped the one up to Caden Stern's, which was another amazing play. Um, yeah, Justin Simmons is really good at football. No surprise there. Uh, Zach Allen might be a surprise to Broncos country, though. I felt like a fool. Um, or, or, or I feel like a bit of a fool for doubting the Zach Allen replacing Draymond Jones thing. I've, uh, I, I love Draymond Jones. I don't know if Zach Allen will be better, but I am extremely happy with what I've seen from Zach Allen so far. He mm-hmm. has a motor that is never running cool out there. He is constantly pushing the pocket. It feels like on every single rush drop back. Um, I think it might. Uh, I think that might be a more than suitable replacement for the Broncos, and I was very low on that heading into camp. 
on my deck. I need to see this guy play live first. I'm gonna be agreed. Agreed. I'm not. I don't. I'm not gonna trust it until I see it live, and then also sustain. Because this is a player I want to point out that also has had injury troubles. This is a player. You know, we have all these different types of things, and I don't think that his tape to this point has shown to be Draymond Jones. So while that is very exciting, I want to cool everybody's engines a little bit. Yeah, fully agree with you there, Joey. But I think I think those are the big ones. There's other things in my training camp thread. And if there was something I didn't touch on that you want to hear more about, hit me up on Twitter. I'm trying to respond to every training camp question I get. Yes. Even better, you can jump on into the Let's Talk Broncos Discord and talk to us basically 24-7 about your favorite team and anything else. We recently had a makeover and a renovation over there, so you can talk video games, music, movies, recommendations, TV shows, but more importantly, a breakdown of everything we saw out at camp. Both the week one, week two breakdowns are over and available there. If you want to know how to get a hold of it, they're going to have the Discord. We'll drop it and we'll drop our link tree so you can subscribe. Really appreciate it if you could um go and subscribe to all of our endeavors we if you're if you're here watching on the youtube subscribe there if you're over on facebook follow over there if you're on twitter i don't know what you're doing we can't see you jump on over to the youtube give us a follow give us a shout out we'd love to follow you back we'd love to engage with the let's talk broncos community and uh i tried to move on too quickly sorry zach seegers wanted to get to a couple of um injury news and replacements i know i already alluded to one um, that being the Jonas Griffith unknown last season, he had a foot injury that he had re-aggravated and entered the IR. The Denver Broncos right now are on kind of a sorted pass as they decide what they need to do in order to plug some of these holes heading into the preseason and the regular season. Uh, Riley Moss, obviously out for four weeks at minimum as he recovers from surgery and what basically was a hernia had a little bit of um, a, a muscle issue there in his uh, I would say abdomen. Um, what does that mean for signing a veteran like Fabian Moreau? Did that mean that the Denver Broncos had big plans for Riley Moss if they went and got a veteran replacement instead of sticking with the cornerbacks that they already had on the roster? Uh, guys, let's start on those initial ones and we'll move into replacements for possibly KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick. Yeah, I, I do, Bree, when you asked that question about Riley Moss, I think Riley Moss did have a role on this team. I, I don't know whether – like, guys, when's the last time the Broncos have had a fully healthy season from all their DBs? Let's 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 think back. What is any of the NFL think team? a little it's bit. Any of them. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. So there was no doubt that Riley Moss would have had a role on this team, and being that he's going to be out for a little bit, it's not a huge amount of time. I think Sean Payton said four weeks, is I think is what he said. But um, they needed to replace him. They needed another guy in there. And even when Riley Moss comes back, I think, he's a, hey, adding another guy even behind that's not an issue. I'm not mad at defensive back depth at all, pretty much ever. I don't care about it keep adding these guys make it competitive because every team in the nfl needs one um they need depth at this position broncos aren't the only one that need it so hey i like it i'm not mad at it at all yeah i i fully agree make it a deep room i think the addition of fabian moreau is a positive one you know no matter what's happening with riley moss um uh so yeah, I, I think that's good. Fabian Moreau uh, fits this scheme well. It's I forgot to tweet this out the other day. I was calculating the numbers on it. Um, 
But I don't think Fabian Moreau's only a wide corner. Um, He will definitely help behind Riley Moss and everything. But the Broncos are very shallow at nickel corner. Like a saying Bassey is the next guy up after K1. And I don't think he's had a like very impressive camp. Fabian Moreau, these last two seasons has been almost exclusively a boundary corner, but the first four years of his career, he spent um, the majority of his time in the slot. Um, now it was bare. It was like 60, 40 split, but he has that ability to play on the inside. Um, again, he might be best used on the outside. I think, that's the primary usage for him after signing him. But uh, he also adds depth uh, to the slot corner area and the Broncos need that. We cannot uh, move forward without talking about Tim Patrick and Kate. What Zach? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Oh, no, you're okay. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that I didn't move on. Um, KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick are obviously out. Um, Tim Patrick being the entire season and KJ Hamler until further notice if the Broncos do intend to bring him back. Um, did you have any idea to how the Broncos are going to address this? I know that I mentioned it earlier with with a needed um, immediate impact from Marvin Mims and, and kind of having no real doubts about that. But has anyone been standing out, Zach, um, from training camp um, Will Jordan Humphrey or uh, maybe Jalen Virgil, where you feel like they don't need to move past um, what they have presently on the roster and probably seek outside prior to week one. Yeah. You know, if they wanted to take a flyer on an outside guy, like, I don't know, I, I say Nikhil Harry, like that's not a very exciting option, but you look at Nikhil Harry, Julio Jones, like the, the options out there aren't very exciting anyways, but I don't know. Maybe that guy could be the sixth wide receiver in the room. I think it's more likely they turn to these young guys and expect them to step up. Um, Brandon Johnson is, I think, easy for Broncos country to forget about. Um, He was awesome all throughout training camp last year. Awesome all throughout the preseason last year. And I think would have had a legit role in this Broncos offense, if not for suffering a high ankle sprain. Like that's not a season ending injury, but it will hamper your entire season. Um, and so I think that kind of stopped things for him before they could ever truly get started. Um, now you've got a new coaching staff coming in and I expected he'd just be a cut. You've got a UDFA combining with a new coaching staff. Goodbye. It's been the exact opposite. The moment Tim Patrick went down, who was the guy they turned to, to take his spot, uh, operating alongside Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and 11 personnel, Brandon Johnson. Um, I think he's absolutely a name to watch. And then Jalen Virgil, I think might've had a chance to replace KJ Hamler in the lineup, even if KJ Hamler's health thing didn't arise. Um, Hamler is still an unproven commodity as far as the NFL is concerned. Um, and the draft investment in him was multiple regimes ago. Uh, Jalen Virgil popped a bit last year is a total freak athlete can do a lot of that field stretchy stuff that Hamler can do as well. Uh, and I think is probably the most logical answer to, to um, solve for some of that in the Broncos offense. So little Jordan Humphrey has some wheels too. Surprising. Like I like how he's been moving out there. He's not the fastest guy. He's more of a big body, but maybe he can add some of that vertical element. I don't, I think it's probably going to be Jalen Virgil. Yeah. Joey, any, any um, hopes for how they move in the absence of both Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler? I don't know. I, I feel like what's going to end up happening is it's just all going to stick in the clubhouse. I, I think that's what it is. Who the guys they have now, I feel like they 
feel comfortable with these players, or I don't know if Sean Payton and them do, honestly. <laughs> but these are guys that um, – I mean, they're going to get guys that Sean Payton either added or were on the roster last year. Like, there's going to no other option at, other than that. It's not like it got worse than it was last year right now. <laughs> it, it only has gotten a little better. They've only added – depth even with the tim patrick injury because he was hurt last year as well kj hamler wasn't playing last year as well so i think that you know you've added callaway i imagine he is the guy that steps in and replaces tim patrick honestly uh marvin mims is going to have a role i imagine but is he the full-time replacement probably not right off the bat that's fair ladies and gentlemen it's that time of night it's time for joey's question of the day yes it is indeed uh, uh. <laughs> we are back. Just, <laughs> we are back. And here's the question, everybody. Who was the first Denver Broncos quarterback to finish with a passer rating higher than 100? Oh, wow. That's a good one, Joey. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic one. And I'm not taking this off of a website called Useful Trivia. <laughs> I don't think it was happening that much before Elway is kind of what I'm thinking. Okay. I'll just think out loud here. I think it's, it's gotta now Elway's the obvious answer, but it's yeah. almost too obvious. So I think it's gotta be maybe one of the weird ones that followed him. Kyle Orton. Ooh, whoa. That's even weirder than where I was going to Wrong. Back. Okay. Enough of the thinking. Answer. Brian Greasy. Okay. I try to give the audience time to oh. think, too. Brian no, I kind of love it because he was walking through and eliminating things for me. It was Greasy. Oh, the trivia champ. Okay. Thank you. you answer, Thank if you. you answer what year it is, I'll buy you a hat. 2000. <laughs> Oh, Joey's buying, buying me a hat, hat everybody. I'm Thank you. A hat. It's going to be the worst hat anyone's ever seen. I'm buying him. <laughs> I'm buying him a top hat. Anyway, <laughs> buy me one of those propeller hats. Actually, even worse, buy me one of the 2023 NFL sideline hats. Yeah, that, no, that's yeah. the worst one. There's Absolutely no not. They're uh, they're terrible. I won't let you wear it. I will take it off your head and I will burn it. Um, this is not happening in my presence. I just yawned live on pod. I just want to apologize to everybody watching. You're probably, <laughs> like, I, I'm so tired. It's been a long week. Zach's been roasting in the sun. I want to thank him very much for providing the most wonderful coverage. Thanks to me, sponsored by Bree Maestas. He took my tickets for this week. Uh, we'll be back out there on Friday. Uh, can't wait to cover the team. Uh, I can't find the banner that gives everyone the ability to like subscribe. But if you're here right now, I just want to thank you because oh, you allow you. us to have the best time uh, on our Mondays and Wednesdays. And I promise you uh, more news is coming because we just can't be uh, stopped. Zach put up a lovely little banner because I have now leaned back in my chair. Like and subscribe. Thank you very much. Leave a review. Honestly, at the end of the day, if all you did was watch this video, it counts. Um, yeah, leave a good review. A good we review. appreciate you. Uh, that, go that's <laughs> enough to get Bree's love, but not mine. If you want me to love you, you got to rate us five stars. You got to like. You got to subscribe. And I need, I need photographic literally, evidence. Literally, we're throwing the leave a review thing out. Do not just leave a review. Leave a good review. That's my final time. Five stars, please. It would be that. That's honestly the most helpful thing you could do for us. Anyways, so nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> just. <laughs> 
Tommy Brewmeisters 303, Zach underscore Seegers, Joey uh, is at JR Giraffes over on the X. There, I called it the right name. We appreciate you. Uh, Zach, anything to plug? Joey, anything to plug? No. Okay. Yeah, I've got uh, some exciting <laughs> yeah, of course things we do. in the works professionally. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I've got some exciting things in the works professionally. Uh, and all of these are going to be more Bronco focused. A little less buffs focus for people, um, but a lot more Broncos. And if I'm being real, that's where my heart is. So everybody get ready. This is going to be a banger year for LTB in 2023. LTB is getting like all my Broncos attention. We're going to the moon. I just want to push all the buttons before we got out of here. So proud of you, Zach. So proud of you, Joey. We'll see you guys on uh, Thursday.